Why Watch That is a podcast featuring the critic and referee who go head-to-head on a quest to discover the best movies and TV shows Hollywood has to offer. Expect the unexpected from the critic. Well, nothing gets past the ref. We do all the work. So you don't have to. Welcome Welcome to to Why Watch Watch That. This episode of Why Watch That is supported by Entrepreneur Meal Plan. It helps leaders and professionals feed their bodies and business as well. Do you know, Critic, I got Mm. a chance to attend a wonderful event by EMP here Uh in Los Angeles. And it was so amazing because Brandy Cochran was able to gather people from all sorts of walks of life. We were able to gather together, have real talk and some real good food too. Mm -hmm. It was a hit. It's food for the soul and the body, which is so hard to find. So if you want to learn more about Entrepreneur Meal Plan, whether you're an entrepreneur or not, go to entrepreneurmealplan.com. The Why Watch That Talk. And this is what we call day 562.3 because, you know, we're not done with this day. (laughs) Yes, it is another Why Watch That episode coming at you quarantine style. Although, Critic, we have been doing this. (laughs) <laughs> We've been doing this um, at our various locations for quite some time, at least yeah. three, no, more than three years, because even when we were both in the city, we didn't uh, necessarily always travel to our various places to record. But I am glad to see, for me, and to hear that you are safe and sound there in New York City. I heard you went for a walk and such. I did. Out and about. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, you need, you need sun. Yes, vitamin D is important unless yes. you just stick with mushrooms. So <laughs> <laughs> I have been going for my walks here in sunny LA. Um, I hope you listeners are safe and sound. Now listen, this isn't going to solve all of your TV fixes. I mean, good gracious, we're all kind of stuck in our homes. But hopefully we can at least steer you toward a series that maybe can be a, um, a diversion. I can't think of what he said in Pride and Prejudice, a, a delightful diversion. Um, so here we go. Now we've got series premieres, season finales, and a series finale. I see one is missing off of here because neither of us watched the series finale, but I did watch the last 10 minutes of How to Get Away with Murder. So, (laughs) and that literally, I think I watched season one, one through four episodes and then just skipped right to the end. I could not, (laughs) I did not know what she was talking about in this, but I will say this. Did she take off any body parts at the end? No. Take an arm off or teeth out? (laughs) No, she didn't. But it she gave Viola Davis gave a riveting monologue. So mm. if if listeners, if you're like, I'm not gonna watch that, or if you say I haven't watched it yet, 
I suggest that you at least watch that ending monologue that was um, in the courtroom. I mean, she was fighting for her life. She teared. She it, it was the monologue of Juilliard perfection. Her alma mater should be very proud. Didn't she yeah. do that every week? I mean, it's like every <laughs> when, she, when she when she was on Scandal. You know, when they did the Scandal crossover, it was she opened the door. You know, <laughs> like Viola's like, look, I don't care what you give me, I'm going to show <laughs> and prove. Okay. Listen, and she did. I critic think that you would be very, very proud. I was super proud, and boy, did a lot of people die. I'm not gonna say who, but it was like somebody died, then somebody died after that, and somebody died after that. And I'm just like, oh. whoa, I didn't miss a beat of that. But I will say it is going down as one of the monologues of the century. But we're not talking about that. We're gonna talk about this new show of someone who doesn't often make his journey to TV. I mean, he's been gracing us on the big screen and arguably, not even arguably, it's not even arguably, one of the highest grossing movies of all time. Um, He has graced us with his presence. We're talking about Mark Ruffalo in his new limited series called I Know This Much Is True. Yes, it's on HBO. It's just about, I don't know, six episodes. It's not a huge commitment. Again, like I said, it's limited. If you look at the marketing, it's got Mark Ruffalo older, Mark Ruffalo younger, or a guy who looks like Mark Ruffalo. I'm not sure what's going on there. I am interested. It could be two different people, but I was just like, wow, these people look exactly alike. What did you know? What is true? What is what is this about? I'm not quite sure. I'm eager to hear, you've seen the first episode, I believe, because that's all that's out as of taping. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious, how is he on the small screen? Mm. Um, Now, you know, he's done like the, what, that TV movie he did that uh, Ryan Murphy directed. Anyway. So, no, he's done he's done up TV movies. I just don't remember yeah. him being in a series. I'm sure he has been. Right. Yeah, I don't remember it either. Um and and what you're seeing in the poster, he's playing twin brothers. Ah. <laughs> baskets. <laughs> so this is exactly like Baskets. It is the dramatic, <laughs> the heavily dramatic dark version of Baskets. Oh, I didn't know Baskets could is not considered dark. <laughs> <laughs> no, not, not nowhere near this. No, oh, okay. No, 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 no. Now, this is based on a, a book by Wally Lamb. If you know Wally Lamb's work, you know it goes there. Um, so, uh, Mark Ruffalo is playing Dominic and Thomas. Um, one of the twins um, has mental health problems. Uh, the other does not. Um, so, you know, the one who's slightly older has to take care of the one who's slightly younger and the one who's slightly younger, um, wants to do something to himself in protest of the Gulf War. So yes, we are in the nineties. Uh, what is that? What does it lead to? You can imagine. Uh, now they did, weren't raised with their father. Uh, they had a stepfather with their mother. Uh, the mother is played by Melissa Leo. Oh my gosh, I almost spit my drink out. Okay. okay. <laughs> That's going to be something. Violence. <laughs> okay, so Melissa Leo is here 
um, it, really in flashbacks because she has a battle with cancer that we see and all of that happens. Okay. Uh, now, there is a manuscript written by somebody in their family in Italian. And uh, the older brother wants to get it translated to know what's going on. He can't read the Italian. And mom is like, well, I used to be able to read it, but now, you know, I only know a few parts of it. So he needs to find someone who can do this translation. And this person is played by Juliette Lewis. Mm, mm. She is a scholar, by the way. She is getting a PhD. I love Juliette Lewis. She's amazing. She is, always. And she tells him, now look, you had to pay me right for this. I am a scholar. <laughs> he's like, you know, how much is it going to be? Well, $400, you know, to start. He's like, okay. And she's like, oh, I wasn't really expecting that. So there's a relationship that develops with them. You won't know where that's going. Is she legitimate? Like, what's going on with this woman? Hmm. Also, we come to find that the older twin was married. He was married to a character played by Katherine Hahn. Mm. What's that about? What's their current relationship? Is it fraught? What in the world is going on? And where is this show going to go in regard to the truth? What truths will be unearthed? What is happening in this family that has led to the present and will probably affect, of course, their future? That's the question. And what I'll say after watching the first episode is, <clears throat> frankly, I don't care. I couldn't care no. less. I was watching it going, mm. um, I, like the whole thing about, oh, the past family sins will now come for, I'm just over it. I'm oh. bored by that story. Um, like moving on. Uh, I will say that uh, it's Mark Ruffalo. He's always doing a good job. I just, I wasn't clear on why I was watching this. Like, mm. am I just watching this because, oh, it's a tragedy? So what? Oh my. Excuse me, what is the story? What's the plot? Uh, Juliette Lewis's character was a breath of fresh air. She comes in and does a lot. I'll put it that way. I wanted to see the show about her. Mm. Not about these deep, dark family secrets that are going to be unearthed. Oh, boy. Well, hold on. I have some questions for you because you can't just throw names like (laughs) Melissa Leo, Juliette Lewis, and Mark Ruffalo. Obviously, you said it's not a performance problem from Juliet, um, or I'm assuming Melissa Leo. How could I don't know how. It, no. So th- this is a writing issue, a directing issue. Yeah. Is this a storyline that you already know ahead of time and you're waiting for it to unfold? No, I, I don't know. I haven't read this book. Oh, okay. Um, I have no idea. I don't care. Uh, it is written and directed by Jared, uh, Derek Chonfranche. Um, you know, he did The Place Beyond the Pines and some other stuff. I, I don't know. I don't know if it's a book thing, if it's an adaptation thing. Just watching it for me, I did not care. I don't care to see darkness for no reason. You need to have a plot. It is not enough to go, oh, this family has had this problem and you know, this is lead. It's seeped into like the genes or something. I'm over it. Question, mm-hmm. because this is why I watch that and I know you are very good at this. If 
we are to venture to watch this, is there a better, is there another version? Like, what can we compare this to so that we can, so that if a listener tries to dip in, you know, because they don't have anything, you know, pressing to do and they want to see something dramatic, where, what world is this? Is that is it that Benedict Cumberbatch, um, Patrick Mel? I mean, what, what kind of vein is this? Is there something better that we can maybe visit or revisit? Yeah, it's not anything I would say that's quite like it just because... For me, watching it, what is the story? Like, like watching the first episode, I'm sure they'll get to it. But the first, excuse me, we are in 2020. Okay, like Barbara Walters used to say. You can't have a first episode just to like lay some groundwork and not tell us what the story is. Not to have that clear. We have other things to watch. Mm -hmm. That is on them. They did not do a good job for me of making me understand why I need to go to episode two. Now, if you want great dramatic work, it's all over the place. Okay. I mean, it is all over the place. You can find that anywhere. I mean, frankly, on HBO, just go back through their catalog. I mean, really, this is what they do. This is their bread and butter. I don't know that they're doing it well anymore. That's the question. I don't know that. Frankly, I'd go back and watch The Outsider again with all of its flaws than this. Okay, well, that's a good... Thank you for that. Moving on to the great. Or is it? I'm, I'm very... I'm, listen. Attitude. I don't know where this is coming from, Ref. <laughs> I know. It's very... It's, it's biting. But, you know, every week is not gonna... You're not gonna... You know, look, we're in a pandemic. If No, seriously. I yeah. think this is important. This is, this is what we do. We're in a pandemic. It is not... You know, hopefully we're swinging, you know, out of... Out of Please. in a certain direction but you know when we turn on our television i think you're right it is 2020 um they obviously could not foresee something like this but there's a lot of dramatic work out there and hbo is like the main supplier of it for a long time now so in the chasm and catalog um for hbo they really have a high bar to jump over they can't just throw any old drama out at us because quite frankly they've just been doing it so well for so long so it looks like for us at why watch that possibly we'll give it another episode maybe maybe not but we do respect the actors and we respect the network we're just asking for a little bit more or a lot of bit more than what they're delivering now another that, just so you know that's the point i respect all of these people and they deserve better Got it. But you also given some more respect to a streaming service that, in your opinion, I've heard you say it, is really pulling in the forefront, if not the forefront streaming service to have right now, just because it's gathering, you know, FX and then FX for Hulu, along with all of the catalog of, you know, original work that they're doing as well as the stuff that already is going to be there from the networks and during the pandemic, some free stuff that if you really like talk about HBO, um, I don't know if Showtime's doing, I'm not sure what, but I know HBO, you can go on there and you can binge watch for free if you have a subscription, if you have a subscription to Hulu. You can go and watch the entire season of The Sopranos, I believe. 
They just made it free. Free. Two seasons of Big Little Lies. Both of them. So it's not like just, you know, one season we're going to tease you. Like, you can watch all of that stuff. Um, Just shocked. I am. And if you haven't seen The Sopranos, get on it. It's free. Are you it's kidding? Free. It's you're right. And, and just, you know what? If you haven't, you've got to get to season two for The Sopranos to really know what it is. You know what? I'm gonna be honest, and please, we're moving on. I haven't, I haven't watched all of The Sopranos, so I should get on that. In fact, I agree. I will be on that. Um, and remember, again, t- season two, season yes. one is not the show. You're, you're pushing through it a little bit. Now, yeah. the unfortunate part is I saw the ending. <laughs> <laughs> It's, which, I'm telling you, I guarantee, it's okay. It's okay. It doesn't matter. It does not yeah. matter. The yeah. journey to the end. Th- that show, there are moments that you won't, it, it, it's just so, it's brilliant. It's hilarious. And it, I can't even describe it without giving it away. There are moments my brother and I to this day will say and laugh. Malanga. <laughs> I mean, it's just like brilliance. But you've got to get to season two. Because I was watching season one ref going, okay, you know, it's cool. Season two, I yeah. immediately started laughing and I never stopped. Yes, yes. Yeah, it's it's definitely uh, a very interesting balance for that genre of television. Yeah. Uh, because that genre, I mean, actually, who's done it? Mm-hmm. For the mafia genre? Like, I yeah. I don't know what other ones are really pulling it out like that. But The Great, which is on Hulu, another original coming at us. Hulu is killing it. I mean, they are just, whether it's great or not, they're just like, we're going to do something weird, wacky, and crazy. Yeah. And some of it will stick. Some of it may not. But we're going to give it a shot. Two really respectable young Hollywood um, actors, child actors, both of them. Elle Fanning and Nicholas Holt are starring in this quirky, strange, weird, I don't even know what to call it because you think, oh, it's a period piece. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it kind of reminds you of that Vanity Fair um, uh, movie that Reese Witherspoon was on as far as like the decor, but just the, the aesthetic. But then it's kind of goofy and strange. I don't know what this is. Mm-hmm. All I know is... An emperor is trying to marry, and she, I don't know if she's trying to have it or not. Um, she's got her own thing going on, and he's kind of a tool. I, what is going on here? Now, keep in mind, this is written by um, Tony McNamara, who wrote The Favorite. Yes. So I'll come back to that later. Now, this is about Catherine the Great, played by L. She, at the very beginning, is about to be married to the emperor. And she's we all talking, know, yeah. Yeah, she's talking to her friend, and the friend is looking at her like, what? <laughs> the friend is like, you about to marry who? <laughs> mm. So it's like, oh, is this serious? No, she marries. Uh, we know he does, but the beginning of the show, you're kind of like, where are they going? She does marry the man, Peter the Third, uh, son of Peter the Great. Oh, Lordy. And played by Nicholas, an idiot. A dangerous one. Yes, he is. He's. <laughs> you don't want a dangerous, you know, idiot emperor. That's well, a horrible combination. Oh Lord, have mercy. Let's not, not get not into that. that. Right. <laughs> I know where you're going. <laughs> okay, so it's interesting what they're doing here. So you know, he just wants to have fun and lots of sex and stuff like that. 
Okay. And this, this is Hulu, right? So this is Hulu. What's going on? Can we tell our listeners stuff? Um, they aren't overly explicit. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, this is the not, favorite. So the yeah, favorite guy. Right. Uh, it is for adults though. Hello. Um, so, you know, she comes and she has all of these great ideas. She reads, she wants to open up the world and, you know, the, of the whole, uh, renaissance is going on. Um, so she goes from Austria to Russia to become this empress. And, uh, when she's there, she has to learn that, you know, the world of Russia isn't what she wants it to be. She has to deal with the ladies at court. She has a servant who used to be somebody and is Uh-oh. no longer. Mm-hmm. There is a certain religious guy there who has his own agenda. There is an intellectual guy who's a coward, uh, but he's smart and he has survived 10 years with this emperor. How did he do that? Uh, and there is the emperor's aunt who is just an amazing character to watch <laughs> and so on and so forth. So the question is, we know what happens in history. How does Catherine become Catherine the Great? What are the machinations? What leads her there? What, what is the relationship with Peter the Third? What's going on? That's what you'll find out in all kinds of comedic and dramatic ways, depending on the moment <laughs> that they want to go through. So in my review, I'm going back to the favorite. Uh, Written by the same man, kind of the same thing. You have a- Oh, yeah, yeah. A dramedy period piece that has some, you know, uh, current rever- reverberations. So if you've seen the favorite, and you really liked it. The great is kind of like the junior version mm. in all ways. The writing isn't as great. Mm. The acting isn't as great. The laughs aren't as great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's all like a junior version. Now that doesn't make it bad. I've seen about half of it. Um, do I need to keep watching it? No, I kind of got it. It's kind of fun. Now, this is a diversion kind of thing, Ref. So if you want something like this where it's ridiculous and you kind of laugh at it, and it's a nice diversion, have at it. You don't have to binge this at all. Um, These aren't half-hour episodes, by the way. They are almost an hour each. Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. Interesting choice. Hmm. Yes. And I I think that's a part of my problem. It could have been shortened, tightened, and we'd be done with it. Um, But it's not bad. It's just we have the favorite. You can go watch it. And the favorite, oh, if you haven't seen that and you are a fan of period pieces and you want to twist on it, you will find nothing better. And I'm telling you, when you see the favorite, the writing, the acting, all of that, the directing just comes together. It's magnificent and appalling. While this (laughs) is just kind of like, okay, y'all tried. Y'all tried. Well, it's interesting when... um director writers and people of that nature go with you know obviously a genre and a hit go from there to television I think the person who made the most one of the most successful um dive back and forth is um from Gosford Park to Downton Abbey we're talking about um Julian Fellows. Yes, Julian Fellows, who it's hard to do. He doesn't always win, Mr. Thorpe or Mrs. Thorpe or whatever it's called. It it doesn't always, it's not always knocked out of the park, 
but we'll talk about him a little later. How about mm-hmm. we go back to him a little bit later? Yeah. So The Great is on Hulu. You can catch it. I It's 10 episodes, which seems like a lot. 10 hours. It's a lot. That's that's a lot. And, you know, we are advocates. Like, let's move it on. You know. Yeah. We're an advocate of the half hour drama or dramedy here at Why Watch That. But let's talk about another new show that is out on stars. Now, when you look at the poster, it's very interesting. You've got some you've got this woman who's drowning. She's drowning in a pill. It looks like looks like a pill. Mm-hmm. And it's called High Town. Mm-hmm. So already, I'm just very curious. It's coming to us from uh, Jerry uh, Bruckheimer, who does a lot of stuff with Tom Cruise for some reason, executive producer. And it's on Star High Town is the name. I don't know the cast quite as well, but I do know that anytime I see James Badge Dale show up, I automatically think of 24 and that horrible thing that he had to do in 24 to rid his arm from a bomb. What Kiefer Sutherland had to do. I'm not going to ruin it in case you want to go back and watch it. But you will never, ever be able to get it out of your mind. But that's not the point. High Town, you've seen some of it. What are we dealing with? It's stars. I'm not going to I'm not gonna take out a subscription to stars for this, am I? Or am I? Oh, yeah. And, you know, James Badge Dale is one of my favorite actors ever since Rubicon. That's when I first saw him. Oh, interesting. Um, <clears throat> you know, which nobody watched, but, you know, I did. I and my did not. <laughs> <laughs> he was the lead in that. But anyway, so in this series, he and Monica Raymond are the leads. Monica Raymond was in Lie to Me and a whole bunch of shows. Oh, okay. Um, so she is um, a cop, but we're in Provincetown, Massachusetts. And what she does is police the waterways. So Ooh. she makes sure she makes sure that the fishermen don't take the wrong fish in violation of the law. Okay, that's not a hot thing. I mean, it's not sexy work, it seems. It seems, but the sexiness comes when she's off the clock. Oh. Because at the beginning of this series, uh, Carnival is going on in the town, and, and it's a time for a lot of people to come into Provincetown and have a good time. Um, and it actually is uh, almost a mecca, according to the show, I know this, uh, for uh, gays and lesbians. Oh, so okay. she's having a good time at Carnival. She's been looking forward to it. Her boss is looking at her going, don't do the same thing you did before this time. Oh, do we know what happened before? Well, we know when we see her behavior. Uh-oh. Okay. Hard partying, drugging, mm. oh. which leads to a discovery. Because we see at the very beginning, something goes down that's criminality. Okay? Mm. A major crime occurs. We don't know how it ties in. So she finds a body on the beach. Oh, And this leads to a certain spiral. Okay, she gets locked up. Oh. They let her out. But of course, this leads her to want to figure out what happened to this person who washed up on the beach. Mm. And James Badge Dale's character is a detective who comes in with his partner to investigate. Now, are they going to get along? Monica Raymond's No, of course not. Well, you know. So also, what's going on with the detective? Because he treats his partner like his partner works for him. 
Mm -hmm. And he has an agenda. We don't know quite why, but I'm sure we'll find out. Mm. And he is not below or above, I should say stooping to levels to get what he needs that might not be so kosher. Oh, boy. So you can get why it's called High Town. Mm. And the question is, how does this criminal drug element relate to this? Because there is Amari Nalasco. His character is in prison, and he's a drug lord. How does he play into this? He was in prison, right? So we'll see how that plays out. Only one episode is aired as of taping. Uh, My sense of it, Ref, is it's fine if you like this kind of crime drama. It's fine. You'll go, okay, nothing new. We know where it's going. We know these are damaged, tortured souls. But unlike I know this much is true, at least in the first episode, I can understand what the plot is. Mm. Well, that's interesting. You know, can we just pause for a second? Yes. And say, can we have a new type of... I'm kind of tired of anti-heroes. I am. Mm-hmm. I mean, we get people are real, but not everybody's that real. Like right. some people just have other issues. Like <laughs> I, you know, shop too much or, you know, like just like what? Well, why, like you what? said, why not just get somebody who is grounded and in a good place and yeah. then they have to deal with this. Let's see that story. That would be interesting. <laughs> people do exist in the world. I know they them. do. <laughs> There are people who are well-adjusted and good. <laughs> My goodness. I and they actually have jobs and they have to encounter <laughs> bad things in the world. That would be an interesting clash. Instead of, oh, you know, I'm, I'm in a drunk tank and I'm going, I don't really need AA. And, you know, there's this body that's haunting me. And it's just like, okay. <laughs> it is. It's a lot. I think Tom Hanks to do it. <laughs> actually it's very interesting i think those two or or just remember the days when things weren't any of when it wasn't our business like if someone had an issue or a problem it wasn't our business like oh okay well let's get on with what is happening i don't care about your sex addiction or your mom who used to you know dress you up like i don't know i don't care yeah, this is where we are it's like i'm over it <laughs> Story, my God. Let that be the subtext. So I go, what is going on? Instead of going, oh, that's what's going on? <laughs> well, let's move on to um, just, let's move on to something a little sunnier. And we're going to move to NBC, who's already, they've already renewed this for season four. I mean, this was kind of one of those things that could have been shoved a little bit under the rug. It's just, you know, let's just release it in the summer. Let's forget about it. But no, Good Girls is going strong. I think their key is keeping the episodes down so that we're not milking it for 26 episodes per season, which can really draw out those storylines. Um, the season finale, you've already watched it. And from my understanding, this has been one of your wonderful palate cleansers. Like you've just really stuck with it. And the question is, is this something we should pick up? I know Peacock is peeking around the corner. I think it's, is it out yet? I think it's- For certain people. Okay, so, okay, all right, well. Yeah. yeah. That's another, that's another rant. But um, (laughs) Peacock is peeking its feathers out and um, offering you, probably access to seasons one and two if you 
you know, I, I don't know if they take it off of Hulu or not. So I don't know if we need to rush to see they this. Or, yeah. Okay, so we would have to buy it in order to watch it if we don't have Peacock or access to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't know if another streaming service has it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I would say if you haven't seen Good Girls just started this way, you have to give it a little time in the beginning. If you listen to my early review of it, I was not a fan. Yeah, like, yeah, you were teetering, but you kept going. Yeah, and I'm glad I did because it, it is a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun. This is what we need right now, and really, frankly, at all times. Um, so we do have uh, two sisters and a friend. <laughs> they are the good girls, played by Christina Hendricks, Retta, and Mae Whitman. And, you know, look, they needed money. They tried to stick up a grocery store that one of them worked at. This led into, you know, a drug lord who was like, you stole my money. You need to pay it back. They've been trying to get from out, out from under him ever since, and they can't. The more they try to get out from under him, the more they are under him. Okay. Oh, okay. They got husbands and children and everything else, and he knows it. And he's always one step ahead. Now, they are trying to kill the man. Oh they, my gosh. They tried to do it in season two. It didn't succeed. So in season three, he knows. But what do they have that he needs? As long as they are needed by him, he'll keep them alive, it seems. So what's really going on here? And he and Christina Hendricks' character have this strange chemistry. They did, you know, kind of get it on. Wait, I thought she was married. She is. Okay. But the husband, played by Matthew Lillard, was cheating. Oh, see there? Mm-mm-mm. You know, he he was a real dog. And then he tried to make up for it. And then this season, something else happens, which I won't give away. So they try to hire Hitman this season. <laughs> <laughs> what is this show? So it's this whole thing where they try to find the right person to do this. Do they get the right person? And if so, is this person going to succeed? You'll see. Mm, You'll see. And at the end, the whole point is they have to have some sort of control. How can they do this? Well, they got to run one person over to do it. But the question in the end that Christina Hendricks asked their drug lord, uh, you know, boss, essentially, what can I do to be on my own? And, you know, he looks at her the way he does and (laughs) says whatever he says. And you'll see what that is when you watch it. So I would say that season three was truncated because of the situation we're in. Right. Um, Where they ended made sense, though. It worked. Um, I'm happy to say that. I am looking forward to season four. I do want to see what's going on. This is a show where you can turn your brain off and not feel stupid and really enjoy it. They're having a good time. Uh, Even Retta's uh, husband, he's kind of like, he was a cop. He lost his job because of her. Now he's working for, you know, protecting strippers. He's like, look, (laughs) you need to get your life together. I'm getting mine together. And now don't look at me for morality, miss. So it's it's just a nice mess of stuff that you want. It's soapy enough without being too soapy. You have this criminal element. You do believe that there's urgency. And look, somebody could be dead. We know this. And to end it, the FBI has always been on the prowl, but there's someone new on the prowl. 
do they know that this person is out to get them? I don't think so. Mm, nice teaser. Good Girls, again, is on NBC. It's showing up in Peacock. Wait. <laughs> it's hard to say that stream. I don't know why, but... If for those of you who have What's access, logo? <laughs> I know, but it's just, it's just not what you want. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Um, it, it, <laughs> they could have called it something else. Feathers. <laughs> they didn't have to do anything. Just say NBC plus or yeah, I mean, what well, everybody else know, is doing. People are trying to get away from that, I guess. Well, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, the thing about it is you can catch it there. I'm sure. But I looked while you were talking, and unfortunately, you're gonna have to buy it mm. in order to watch. But I mean, buy the you know, go to Apple or mm-hmm. Amazon or whatever. You're gonna have to buy those seasons in order to watch it because right now they on Hulu they start taking them down, so you can't even see episode one of season right. three right now on. Um, is it on, on the NBC app? It it is. So while you're doing that, if you want to look that up, I don't know. But I'm going to talk about my best friend, the story of a new, my brilliant friend, excuse me, (laughs) the story of a new name. Now, I tried to watch this, but this is not a show that you, because there's subtitles, it's not a show that you can like dip in and out. And I was doing multiple things. And I remember you talking about and giving your review. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to really push through because you've got to sit down and you've got to read subtitles but guess what hbo said yes to season two and yes to season three so season two was done already renewed for season three it's kind of interesting this is not your usual typical kind of um multiple season kind of show especially when it's in a different language so I'm really shocked and surprised by it, but perhaps you are not. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and by the way, Good Girls season three is on NBC. They do have it, but it doesn't last there either. Oh. Now, my brilliant friend, season two, story of a new name. This, I've said it before, Ref. This is art. Ooh. It's like a painting unfolding before your eyes. And they take their time. Mm. They will stand there and look at each other, and you're like, okay, the camera zooming in. <laughs> like, all right. And you're like, why are they stopping here? Somebody should be talking, but you don't care. It, you're almost in a trance watching it. Um, and I'm going to read this book in Italian one day. It is on my list. Oh, for good for books. you. Yeah. Um, and, and the writer of these books, uh, Elena Ferrante, Uh, A lot of her other stuff, people are picking up. So we'll see more uh, stories coming from her, thankfully. Now, we are in Italy. It is a period piece um, around the 50s, who knows, moving forward. Um, And it is the story of two best friends (laughs) whose friendship I wouldn't want to (laughs) have. I mean, if I had a best friend like this, we wouldn't be friends. Uh, But from when they were little, they were the best students in the class. And this is a time when uh, if you didn't have money, you didn't progress in school. And especially if you were female. Uh Uh-oh. But they did. Now, as they move forward and get older, one of them continues on that track of academia. The other gets married and gets married to a man with money. That's right, yes. 
Now at this time, that is more important than an education. Cause what are you gonna do with an education? Okay. So um, Lenu, who is really the narrator of this and, and as her older self, and we can see she has some resentment. So you're like, okay, what is that about? So Lenu is the one who's the academician Ooh, and her okay. friend, Leela, is the one who gets married. So the whole time, sometimes they're friendly, sometimes they're not. And poor Lenu, she's always getting just knocked over the head by what people say. She never sees it coming. And frankly, my brother and I tell her, look, leave Leela in the next, move on with your life. Mm. And she did something unforgivable this season, Leela. Uh-uh, no. Like, if you see it, you'll know exactly what that is. Mm. I know that people say girl code. This was not girl code. Oh, dang it, Leela. Now, at the end of this season, Lainu is really about to embark on everything she's dreamed of. She has done very well at school. She's gone to university, all of that. She's passed. She's ready to go. And she might be getting married. So she comes back at the end of the season to find where Leela is, where is she in her marriage or not? What exactly has happened? Has there been a fall from grace? Have the roles finally switched? And at the very end, somebody pops up where I went, no, 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 no. Row, row. Go back to the hole you crawled under. Okay. So he comes back and the question is, how is Lainu going to react? Is the man that she's going to marry, is he still going to be the one? Now, on paper, he's the one. I mean, my brother and I like, keep going. Don't look backward. But we know this is my brilliant friend. We know they will have a season three. We know that more of the nasty is coming. And I will say, everybody, if you like uh, a European period piece that is like looking at the Mona Lisa. Oh. Then this is the show for you. Is it always perfect? No, but who cares? Who cares? I, it's just, again, it's entrancing is the word for it. And I appreciate it. But like the ref said, you do have to read subtitles. You got to read them. You can't yeah. like do something else. It's not that kind of show. Well, it's interesting that this is on HBO. I say that every single time, but it is. it doesn't strike me as an HBO kind of show maybe like Sundance or something I don't know yeah. um, but you know HBO's now importing these European shows this is true and that's some of their best stuff now oi 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 I'm not gonna get you revved up on that because uh, you certainly can get there Stars has already renewed this for the sixth season who would have thought yeah. that Outlander would outlast a I lot know. of TV shows oh my goodness this is probably Stars's most prized possession right now. I know Power is finished. Um, with spinoffs to come. With spinoffs, that's right, with spinoffs to come. Power's done. I mean, you can catch that, I'm sure, on demand. Um, but Outlander sort of snuck in. I think it was the same year as Power, or maybe like a season or two behind, maybe. Somewhere but around there, yeah. It was just sort of like a little bit smutty. <laughs> I mean, it was like Calgon for adults. So it's not like a pole dark where, you know, cause you know, mm -hmm. stuff, stuff be happening. Uh, especially I didn't make it out of season one. I was like, Oh Lord, this is 
because you you talk about that ending for season one. Yeah. Every single time, you know, we get revved up about this, and I still haven't seen it. And I don't know if I want to see that particular situation, but you can catch stars. Stars is Outlander on Netflix. So you can watch up to a certain season. Let's say you're like, oh, you know, everybody's been talking about it. I kind of want to, I want an adult version of, you know, of, you know, sweeping away kind of like romance novel, steamy, time travel kind of thing. I want something like that. Let me give it a shot. You can watch it on, you don't have to get stars right away. You can go ahead and watch it on Netflix. But I tell you what, Jamie his children, his wife in whatever time. <laughs> I, I don't know. The last I saw, I think his daughter went up to him, relieving himself off the side of a bill. What is happening? We got people jumping all over time zones. I, what is going on here, critic? Wow. Uh, Outlander started about two months after Power, by the way. Two mo- okay, so they kind of had an inaugural... They really put stars on the map. Exactly. Um, season five. We are again now in America, um, leading up to the Revolutionary War. Jamie and Claire are there. Claire knows what's coming, tells him, and he is in a position to fight. He has land, he has people who, uh, owe him fealty which side is he gonna be on you know but leading up to that the British are the ones who bestowed this land upon him so he has some things to do right as a result how can he you know navigate that so that that's a tension there also uh, their daughter is with them and her now husband they all together they all you know travel back but her daughter has grown from a different, like, it's not like a two-year-old. No, she's married. She has a husband, you know, and a, and a kid um, at this point. So the question is, though, if this kid that she had with her husband can time travel, they're going back or forward mm, to mm. where she came from, right? I mean, the husband came back to get her, but he didn't come back to stay, and he's a fish out of water. This man is, uh, you know, a scholar. <laughs> <laughs> he's probably like what the yeah he don't know nothing about shooting guns and you know <laughs> being in wars and battles and everything else and Jamie's looking at him like mm. <laughs> you my daughter <laughs> yeah I don't know about you <laughs> also there's something he did because something happens to Bree the daughter Ugh. his reaction Jamie does it's, has a hard time of forgiving him for mm. now as a viewer we know why he reacted that way Jamie's the pappy Okay. Now, Claire, remember, she came back time. She went back forward. When she went back to her present, she didn't went to uh, medical school, became a doctor in the 70s. (laughs) Was in the United States. Married, of course, but that didn't go well when she came back and you'll know why if you watch the show it wasn't her husband's fault it was some his one of his ancestors fault oh boy oh boy so she then comes back but she's a doctor in the 1700s so how can she 
be a doctor as a woman in this time? What things that she come up with to do that? I won't tell you, but it does have nasty repercussions at the end. At the end of season five, it was like the end of season one. Oh, the end of the season with it was very tough to watch. Um, this time it's not Jamie, it is Claire. Um, and what happens to her is rough. It's really rough. Um, as a viewer, a longtime viewer of this, what I did like, because this is in the books, they, they're not shying away from it. I appreciate that. I did like that they, and you at the end of each episode, you can listen to the two of the main executive producers talk about the thoughts about how they crafted every episode. So I'd certainly watch them talk about this and, and what they were saying is what I saw. Um, because what they would have while this brutality was going on, she had a safe place she would go to. So we went there with her. Oh, okay. And it was a nice way they did it. But it was rough. I mean, this was a highly emotional ending to season five. Um, and we know what's coming in the future for them. Uh, the question is, is everybody there together? Uh, it, what kind of change has happened now as a result of what's happened to Claire at the end of this season? How is that going to affect things to come? Uh, it is Outlander. Uh, they live up to that name in more ways than one. Is it always perfect? No, but I will say this. When they are focused on claiming, uh, claiming, that's their name, <laughs> Claire and Jamie, this show really is something to behold. I think that the the two characters that they built there in the center of this show, it, really they've done a great job of building them. And I think that Katrina Balfe and Sam Hewen, who played the two of them, have such great chemistry and intelligence. And they are producers now of the show. So you can tell, and they talk about how they gave input, especially on the end of season five, about how they thought it should go down. So this was certainly a collaborative effort. And I tip my cap to them. Um, is it perfect? No, but I'm still a fan. Oh, are they beyond the books or? They are not. Okay. And according to the books, they've got a few more seasons to squeeze out, I'm assuming. Yeah, and uh, Diana Gabaldon, who writes the books, is still writing. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, and she, you know, she's of course uh, a part of, uh, is an advisor on the show. I think she even writes for them. Uh, I think she wrote a couple episodes. I believe early on, she definitely did. Yeah, um, and she wrote one. I can't remember exactly which one she wrote this season. Uh, mm -hmm. She did write another one, um, and and of course, I mean, look the the she wrote she wrote the penultimate episode this season. Gotcha. And of course, we always have the theme song, which I will never forget. Sing me a song, the last that is gone. Sing. Okay. I just love it. And the way they did it in the final episode, this it's just beautiful. Oh. Thank you. Well, there you go. Uh, Outlander is coming back, so you don't even have to worry. Um, well, with everything that's going on, it may not be quickly back, but it will be back. Yeah. Liar! Oh. Not you, critic. But Sundance. Oh, stop. <laughs> Sundance TV has is concluding its second season of Liar. Mm. And we are not sure if this is going to be picked up. If it's a series finale versus a season finale, there's mixed messaging there. Um 
And I don't know if, I mean, Sundance TV will, what, rectify it three seasons. I'm not sure if they're the network to just, you know, keep renewing, renewing, renewing. They love a good story and they don't like to milk and beat it to death. So not sure what's going on here, but you got a chance to see all of season two, which wasn't a huge commitment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And this is a, you know, this is an ITV show that it's co-produced with ITV. Um, reportedly, this is the end. And watching it, it's like, this is it. So I don't know why Sundance was calling it a series season finale. Not quite sure. Um, but so in, in this second season, after the first, we have Downton Abbey's Joanne Froggatt. Froggatt. Playing Laura Nielsen. And we have Johan Gruffin playing Andrew Earlham. They met because she was his son's teacher in high school, we would call it. And of course, this is in England. And they had some chemistry. They went out on a date, but it didn't go well. Oh, no. She says, he raped me. He says, I did not. Now, things aren't as clear as they seem because the title is Liar, and that has many different meanings, and it references many different people. Hmm. Here's a question. Is there anyone who's not lying about something? So in the first season, we see how this plays out. We learn more about Laura and Andrew. We get to know who can we trust, who can we not trust, who's telling the truth, who's not. Are they all a bunch of liars? In season two, Andrew's dead. I'll just tell you. Oh my gosh. Or is he? Uh Oh. So that's the question, because it's a liar. So who killed him if he's dead? Or did he set it up? Did he set it up and get killed? (laughs) What in the world? This is the question. Now, he has uh, it on his mind that he's going to get back at Lara for accusing him of things, and you'll see the outcome of that. How does he do this? Who does he enlist to help him? It's not somebody savory. Mm. I'll put it that way. He also has a son. How is his son affected by what's happened here? And... Since he's supposedly dead, who are the cops looking at as the one who did it? Okay. You know who? Laura. Yeah, of course. She's She's like, wait a minute, who? She's like, I'm being set up. Is she? Hmm. Now, there are lots of other people who have a motive, I'll put it that way, to get Andrew out of here. Many. Hmm. But there's one detective in particular. She's looking at Laura going, I don't believe you. I don't trust you. I think you did it. Now, can you trust the detectives themselves? Liar is the name of this. I'll tell you in the end, we do have a lot of information that's revealed. But the question still is, is Andrew really dead? I'll leave that in the air. And who really did it? Mm. So at the end of season two, this is the end. They can't come back to this. If they were to do the show again, they'd really have to do it in a different way. Okay, gotcha. I'll say if you're interested in this, if you want to see the British do this kind of thing, where it's kind of like a criminal thing, but it's also who can you trust? 
then this is a, it's good. It really is a good show. It will boil your blood, uh, but you won't be uh, bored. Also, it's a total of 12 episodes for the two seasons. So six and six. So it's like the ref said, it's not a huge commitment. Um, Is it the happy-go-lucky show you're looking for? No, absolutely not. Doesn't sound like it. (laughs) Yeah, but I was always interested in exactly who was telling the truth and who was not. I never lost that interest all the way up to the end that we just had. Do you feel like there was catharsis or... Yeah, yeah. So that's why it's like when you finish it, you go, this is it for this storyline. Gotcha, okay. This really is it, yeah. So, um, Liar is on Sundance TV. You'll have to kind of fish around for it if you're looking to watch it live. But my suggestion would, if you already have cable, why don't you just download the app and watch it that way? And I'm sure you can binge. Um, I don't know if it's a bingeable kind of show if you really want to do that. But you have the option to do it. I suggest you do it quickly because Sundance, they don't keep their stuff up forever. Yeah, so it's not a bad binge. Um, you probably could binge season one, then binge season two. Probably okay. Good. Well, let's conclude this TV episode uh, with is uh, is it is it Belgravia or Belgravia? The former. Okay, it's a that's that miniseries you were talking to us about from Julian Fellows that's on Epics. Well, it's finally concluded, and not in a sense of, oh, there's a season two coming up. We're talking about it's done. So it was like a limited series kind of thing. It was based on his novel, which as of what we know, it's, you know, that's it. (laughs) It's a mini series. That's it. (laughs) Um, You got a chance to watch all of the episodes. And again, epics isn't something that you could, you know, readily, everybody doesn't have epics. So, you know, do tell us what we're dealing with here in case we're toying around with possibly either utilizing our epics as a subscription that we don't utilize or, you know, maybe get it and look at something different. Yeah. Uh, and you, uh, if you haven't, you can always do a free trial as well and binge. I mean, you have this, you have get shorty. So. Yes. I talked about this. You did. It was during the Napoleonic Wars. Uh, a young couple is there. They're ready to, they're in Belgium. They're, they've come from England to fight Napoleon. I'll put it this way. A tragedy occurs. Julian Fellows, who wrote every episode, shuttles us forward 26 years into the future. And we see the aftermath of that. And there are two families. Uh, one of the families built Belgravia. This upper crust area in England where all of the lords and ladies live. Lords and ladies. Now, the family that built it, they're not lords and ladies. They're merchants. Mm. They're merchants with power. And we know what that means. They're not accepted into high society, but they got the moolah. Now, parts of this family want to be in the upper crust society. Uh, I'm looking at you, Alice Eve's character. (laughs) Okay. He wants to climb all the way up the social ladder as high as possible. Now, she married the son of the man who uh, built Belgravia. And this son is always in the shadow. He can't get his father's approval. The mother is someone who understands the society in which she lives. And she doesn't want to ruffle any feathers. 
you're not going to this event because you were not invited, Alice Eve, okay? No, don't do that. That is looks desperate. You know, she is very attuned to staying in what she thinks is her place. Now, the other family, they are the upper crust of the upper crust. Oh, yes. And, you know, do they want some up-jumped people coming into their milieu? No. But what can you do? So what happens is, there, the connection between this family is unearthed. We see what's really going on. And there is a young man that both families are very interested in, Charles Pope. Why? Now, the man who built Belgravia has given him money even to help him in his business ventures. Why? This other upper crust family, they take a shine to him as well. Why? That's what the upper crust families uh, their relatives want to know. In particular, the relatives who are going to take over for their fortune. What's really going on? Mm. Now, in this case, we do have Tom Wilkinson's character, who is the Lord, who has the money, and his brother is supposed to be a clergyman. But he has a gambling problem. Mm. And his son is the one who will be the heir so, you know, he always has to go to his older brother for money, and he kind of resents that. The older brother's like, well, you're irresponsible. What do you want? You have money. You get money from me. You get money as you're from the clergy, don't you? Mm. His wife has money, too. So don't come to me for your gambling debts. Mm. And his son, <laughs> one of the most hilarious scenes we'll ever see, <laughs> in episode three, he tells his son how he owes Schmidt money, and his son goes, Schmidt, well, you better pay him. <laughs> he, this is great stuff. So, what I'll say is this, everybody, while I'm ruining my headphones here. Yeah. Here's the thing. When it comes to Julian Fellows, he is the master of period pieces. He is. I mean, this is what he does. Now, if you think of Downton Abbey, I mentioned it before, it's Downton Abbey with ice. These people are nasty. <laughs> it's like if you had all of the nasty characters of Downton Abbey trying to work on each other. O'Brien. <laughs> all of them. O'Brien's kin. <laughs> all of them. You, that's, they're all like that. Now, in the end, there really is this secret that has caused this problem. So once that secret is uh, unearthed and people understand what really went on behind it, maybe things change, but that's not most of the series. And I just enjoyed, especially moving into episode two, watching Julian Fellows just do his thing. It was, this is high entertainment, high period piece entertainment. If this is your thing, you certainly want to watch it. At the very end, I thought that some things, we went a bit too sunny in the end, Julian, I will say that. I wanted us to keep the ice. It went, it almost turned into a Downton thing at the end. I was like, mm, not this story. Mm. These Some of these people needed to go, okay? <laughs> like really, but it was so much fun and it's only six episodes. It's a great binge. Uh, would I ref like do uh, some sort of free trial of epics if needed to watch this? 
I would actually. And and do get shorty with that. The acting was wonderful. Most of the writing was wonderful. I really did enjoy it. Excellent. I like that you we ended here. Now listen, we've given you a lot of options here. I know it's kind of tough out in the world right now and perhaps the kids aren't going to bed <laughs> when they should be going to bed or you know you're tired of walking around your uh, 850 square foot apartment if you should be so lucky to have one yes. but all in all we'll say this TV you never really let us down I mean you're kind of like yeast you just keep growing and growing and growing and growing and speaking of yeast mm. I could sure use some right now so I can bake some bread Thanks for listening. For additional resources, visit whywatchthat.com. Good idea. And we'd love to hear from you. So go ahead and leave comments, feedback, and you can rate us on iTunes. We'll see you next week. See you.